Good day, everybody. How are you? This is episode four of Real Talk with Jeff and Joelle. And today we're going to be talking about business and social media. So what we did was we put an inquiry out on our um, social media pages and we got some typed answers back. And now we're just going to go through them all. And the whole thing with Real Talk with Jeff and Joelle is we go deeper into issues instead of the quickness of our podcast. What have you been liking? This is episode four. What have you liked about the first, you know, the first three episodes? I just like the fact that we can elaborate on things more and not just be like racing through questions and we can really break things down and just get way more detailed, helpful answers. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's like, I think number one, I like the fact that people hear you more. Um, people, you know, the, what would Jeff do show is sorry, but it's about me mm-hmm. and you know, you're the co-host and you ask, you've got a, the, the certain role, but in this, I really wanted to showcase you. You're not interested in doing an Ask Joel show, but I think us talking about I- issues that, you know, affect, you know, I've got 40 years plus in business, 20 years in the dog training industry. And, you know, I started pre-internet, obviously, um, and I've made every mistake possible. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them that cost time, some of them that cost significant money. So I really, really enjoy doing this. And with your high level knowledge of social media, which you become more knowledgeable about every day because it changes every day. Sure does. I mean, you, you're using apps now that you didn't use, you know, two months ago and you're, you know, you're learning new things and new things come out and like, you know, everything's changing around with whether it's hashtags or how long a video is or stories or, you know, something like that. So I think, um, and then being on the road as a dog trainer for the first eight years, having a board and train facility out of my house for four years, and then having a facility, um, and then now spending time down in Florida, and we're thinking about actually starting a small-scale thing, and we have nothing down here. Like, nobody knows who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't go by my name. I can't go by word of mouth. You know, so, so it'll be really, really interesting on this take, I think, as far as the ask questions of business and social media. Yeah. So let's start out with the first question. All right. Suggestions on maintaining clients when moving the location of your business. <laughs> well, there Perfect you go. question. Well, do you think that means maintaining of current clients or getting new business in a new location? Well, I know who this person is from the question. She's moving but it's a local move, but okay. probably just far away enough that her current clients might right. not want to make the drive. Right. So if it's a boarding train client, it shouldn't make a difference because mm-hmm. people, for us with boarding train, our local area is 300 miles. Yeah. So whenever we're doing, say, we don't do a lot of paid ads, we do a lot of organic ads for as far as for the boarding train business, seminar business is different. But when we want to say we did a, a an ad for the board and train business, we would, we would make sure that it hit within 300 miles that for us would be local. If we're doing weekly classes or a group class, obviously you're doing it like, you know, 60 miles and less historically. I mean, if, if not even tighter, um, the, the benefit of board and train obviously mm-hmm. is you've got a bigger pool of people. Um, I think if you're, when you use the word maintain, I think I use it, to me. It's like do you stay in touch? Do you upkeep with them? Um, if that's what you're talking about, 
you know, you know, making sure you're servicing your existing clients properly, then you also have got virtual and talking about technology changing is every day I'm doing three, four, sometimes five virtual consults a day around the world, like India, South Africa, Mm -hmm. UK loves me, by the way, you know, people in the UK, yeah, UK, Australia, New Zealand, you know, all three of those countries that supposedly don't like me, like me a lot, actually, because they can't find help. Right. That's what the, the big issue is. Um, so I think you've got a lot of virtual stuff. You can actually do things like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You can actually do a closed session group with your clients on virtual. In fact, we've got something now called the inner circle that we just started. Yes. And why don't you just talk about the inner circle and maybe this will help this person. Actually, just say this person's first name and last initial. Sarah. Okay, great. So our inner circle is going to be, it's very small. We limit it to like seven or eight people. And it's for our clients who are doing our virtual courses, but they want to do more. Mm. They're like, what else can we do? We want to get better. We want to troubleshoot some things. We want to just streamline the process. Right. So that's what we're doing. We're opening up these groups and they're very... Um, what's the word? They're very customized to the people who are in it. So it's not just like this one size fits all program. It's like, we're literally watching you train your dog. We're troubleshooting live via zoom. So it's like you're in a training class with us, but it's virtual. Right. It's not like we have an set itinerary. It's like, they will determine what the itinerary is once a week. And it's by zoom. So it's video face to face. Mm-hmm. They, they can send us videos. We will be giving them homework yeah. and we will be expecting videos. So it's very, very interactive. Um, and a lot of folks are, they're like, well, it needs to be hands-on. If it's an existing client though, if you've already worked with them, a lot of times they just need more knowledge or they need a, ref- a mental refresher. Remember back in session two when we did this or mm-hmm. you know what? Well, that's a higher level distraction. You know, those lower numbers or the lower corrections um, are not going to work. Or you're trying to train a new obedience command and it's like, which is all reward based. It's like, but you're doing it in your house with your kids running around. I'm like, remember how we talked about like, you know, the basics, like being in in a more silent area until you can start proofing proofing the thing and also sarah this is why we love 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 social media because even if you move further than a local move you still have clients somewhere it might not be in your exact area but when you start building an audience and you really start engaging with people online you never know where your clientele there could be we're in florida we have people down here who are like oh my god we didn't know you were in florida that's so cool Every time we travel somewhere, we end up running into a fan or someone in our online community. So people always ask, like, well, what if I don't want to be on social media? Word of mouth has always been enough for me. It's like, well, the benefit is you're not tied to a location anymore. Right. Actually, we should probably segue right into that that question next. Yeah. So I think, think again, to reiterate what you just said is there's other ways to communicate with your clients other than in person Mm -hmm. as well as then building up new clientele in a new market which will segue into this next question yeah so the other question we got was um word of mouth is working well for Mm -hmm. them and they don't like what is the benefit of being on social media basically they've always looked at it as sort of like a 
an inconvenience. Like they just right. don't want to do it. Waste of time, yeah, inconvenience. Do I really need to have to do it? Yeah. And, which is fine. I mean, I think, I think word of mouth. I mean, I, I built my business on word of mouth. I built my business on old school marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think the biggest benefit of being on social media for me is we can help people around the world with no cost to them. Yep. That's what I like the most. So right now, if you're doing say two to six boarding trains at a time, you can maybe do six to 15 one-on-ones a week. We probably should talk about burnout on the next question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe do one pack walk or group class a week. How many people is that? Okay. Compared to you can put out a video on how to do something. You put it up on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. And with TikTok especially, millions of people can learn from you. And now, do you monetize that? You shouldn't be doing it to monetize it. Now, we just came up with an online academy that is literally for us to monetize our information. But what you're doing it for is to help other people. You've got this wealth of knowledge, and you're helping a very small group of people. Meanwhile, everybody needs help. Mm -hmm. Also what you can do is you don't know if you'll eventually do a paid course or at a minimum one-on-one online consults, which you actually can charge more money for than an in-person session. It also helps you build know, like, and trust with people. Also, you don't know what the future holds. Right. So I've done 250 seminars. You've probably done at least 100 of those with me. Um, we do that. We've done them around the world. The only reason why I can do a seminar anywhere but within my immediate group, my immediate circle by of word of mouth audience is because of social media. So why is it that I've literally done seminars for almost 4,000 dogs around the world and triple that amount for people because maybe double that amount. There's usually a ratio of audit spots too. You know, so that's a huge audience. And the only reason why I can do that, so we're talking about multi-millions of dollars I've done in seminar sales, all because of these free apps that are out there. That's another thing is that social media is free. Literally free marketing. So we have to rem- we have to remember that. So I think the benefit of it is you're already doing the work. Why don't you just videotape it and put it up? And guess what? Everything can be done. You know, I don't want to touch your phone to, to get you out of the thing, but everything can be done on a cell phone. Mm-hmm. There's more technology in the cell phones today than there was in the 1960s. You oh, know, yeah. most expensive Hollywood cameras. And you know, I think that it's really really important that people understand that. This is a people business. It shouldn't be a selfish business. It should be a business of sharing and caring and loving and helping. And I think it's an obligation to pretty much all the knowledge that you know, I feel very, very, very strongly you should give away for free. 
And someone could say, well, why do you have paid courses? I'm like, okay, but I've got, you know, a hundred times as much free content. The, the, this video you're watching right now is free. Right. The podcast Q and a is free. Mm-hmm. My YouTube channel is free. So there's a lot of free stuff I put up there or Patreon, which is $10 a month. You know, I mean, there's like a lot of low cost stuff. As soon as we're approved for Instagram community, we'll be, it'll be $4.99 a month. You know what I mean? But these are, these are nothing like there's a great um, performance nutrition smoothie place down the street from us. And you and I and Angela went there yesterday and it was $21. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, two months of our Patreon channel. That's five months of Instagram community. Yeah. That's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. So that's why you should do it. Bottom line is you should do it because we don't want you to be selfish with your knowledge. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Who asked that question? Um, this is screen name. Okay. Yeah. I was going to keep them all anonymous though. Got it. Okay. We can do that. All right. Um, how to stay motivated when the stress of running a business causes you to start losing interest. Hmm. Yeah. So is it mm. burnout or are you overworked? Are you unorganized? Are you trying to do too much at once? Do you, um, are you, there's so many different reasons why. Um, your take? It sounds like you might need to reprioritize and figure out exactly what you're good at and what you don't enjoy doing and all the things you don't enjoy doing or you're not good at, you should start delegating. Or and stopping. Then- yeah, or stop doing them in general. And then now you free up more time to be a creative visionary like the business owner you are. I think for the longevity of a business, for it to go sustainably for years, I know it's hard to take a step away from being, you know, everything. You wear all the hats. You're the social media person. You're the dog trainer. You're the admin. You're this. You're that. You're marketing. But when you start wearing all those hats, it's really easy to get burnt out. So taking a step back, reprioritizing, figuring out really what you want to be doing and delegating or getting rid of the rest. Now you have like, you're in a new space. You have more clarity. You have more time to think and more time to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor. Right. And it might put you in a whole new headspace that you haven't been in before because now you're in a different role you're looking at how can I help this company or this business grow versus I need to just get by and survive. So yeah. you're getting out of that survival mode and you're stepping into now you're the visionary of the company. You're coming up with new ideas. You're stepping into your creative side of things. And I think that's where most entrepreneurs, me especially, like that's where I like to be. That's the most Yeah, but which is a new, which, but all, full disclosure with this is a new concept it's for new, you. new, yeah. Because in the last year, I've been in you, were the, you were the... I was in the burnout. You were, you would, you, you would have written that, that, that you would have yep. written that, 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 that question. Yep. And I'm like, same with me. Right now, both of us are. You're in, a, you're in the creative role right now. Your role, literally, with this company is creativity. It's more than that, but it's role. like, but it's, yeah. but it's creativity for, for you know, for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my role is overseeing everything, and also it's my role to come up with making sure that the company is sustainable, that the staff is running okay. So now I'm more running the company, and then I'm also my job is to make sure that there's always dogs. You know, you know, again, word of mouth, you know, only lasts for so long. 
Um, I think it's important that, you know, we don't always rely on just word of mouth because I think it's important that we stay with what's going on in 2022 and in 2023. And that's obviously you're still going to get word of mouth. We still get word of mouth all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, today I was making phone calls out of the three or four phone calls that I made half of them. um, Well, not half of three, but I, talk to the person halfway and then I just hung up the phone on them. Um, so, well, it's like, you know, half the, half the phone calls. So um, three divided by two is 1.5. So, so, right. so I think that it's important that, that, you know, you also, you might be burnt out. I think, I think a good formula for a lot of dog trainers is possibly, you know, if it depends if you're working with difficult dogs is three weeks on one week off. It's, it's seven weeks on one week off. Another thing you really need to do, and this is always hard for me and now I'm doing more of it than ever. Right. <laughs> Get a little carried away. Right. Schedule time to just be, to have fun, to do things, literally schedule it in, put it in your calendar. Two hours today, yeah. I'm going to be whatever, meditating, going to the gym, Whatever, I'm going shopping for two hours. Whatever it is, schedule it in or you will not do it. Yeah. It is so easy to get sucked into that loop of just like, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work. And then in your free time, you're like, I feel guilty. I should be working. I should be working. If you schedule it in, now there's nothing to feel guilty about. It's literally part of your schedule. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we scheduled in, you know, we went on a nice, you know, 20 mile bike ride the other day. And I don't want to say that was scheduled in, but it was like, we're doing this that was today. The priority. That, Top was of the, the priority. that was the priority today. And, and then everything else was around that day. And, you know, I mean, I get up at three in the morning, two or three in the morning. So I get a lot of stuff done prior to going to the gym, which is sometimes at three or four in the morning. But it's, it's important that, that people um, definitely realize that you might also want to get rid of some of your, your, your programs. So there's a lot of people that want to offer everything for everybody, you know, because someone said, you know, I wish you did this kind of class. I wish you did this kind of class. And I'm like, so you start doing it. It's like, no, you should be the one that starts dictating, you know, what you're going to do. What you enjoy doing. If you don't like doing puppy classes, don't do them. Right. It is that simple. You do not have to do every single thing right. that is suggested to you or what a dog trainer should be doing. Right. If you even are a dog trainer, right. who knows? He, they just said the stress of running a business. It could be, well, this, this, it could a, be anything. This applies to all businesses across the board. Yeah. You know, the thing about being an entrepreneur is that it's not set up for everybody. And that's another thing that people need to, no. to understand is like the entrepreneur roller coaster. It's very, very difficult. And sometimes it's way better to have a business partner too, like you and I mesh really well because I'm a creative. I do not do well with analytics, business, like any of that behind the scenes stuff. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. I'm the creative. You're more of like the business guy mm-hmm. and we mesh really well. So maybe think about that. Maybe you want to bring on a partner. I see a lot. I, I heard something in a podcast that people who have business partners, they tend to stay in the game a lot longer. Yeah. But you also have to find the right partner. You got to find the right one. Or you have to it's find more the right of a commitment than marriage, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Partners can be difficult. Yeah. Business business partners can be difficult. Yeah. 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 Great. Or find a right hand who can help you, you know? Yeah. All right. Next question. <laughs> How do you avoid the over planning pitfall? So that sounds like somebody we know that's in Arizona. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. So it is. a lot of people have analysis paralysis, 
you know, a lot of people, they over plan and they don't execute. Yeah. And I think that you need to be careful. I'm actually all my life have been jumping out of airplanes and figuring out if I had a parachute with me or not. Um, that's always been my thing. I've actually not done business plans. Um, I've been like, this is the idea. I'm going to make it work. And for me, that seems to work. But if it doesn't work, that's okay. Because even the best made business plans fail. In fact, if you talk to any venture capitalist, when they're, when they're you know, going to be investing in a company, one of the questions they will probably ask you is, tell us about one of your businesses that failed. And you said, I haven't had a business that failed. They're going to probably not invest in your company because they're going to be like, well, we don't want this to be the one. So believe it or not, they want to make sure that you've had failure in your life. And I, I don't think failing makes you a failure. Not so, at all. so I think that it's people have to understand that in business, um, you're going to have things that don't work. And all that is, is information. It's all that is, is information. Some of the best learning opportunities come from failure. That is where I've learned the most. I have learned the most important life lessons from just not getting it right. In fact, I think there's another question now that we can segue into about, about that. If we had to do like, do it all over again or whatever, you know, I think that, that, that that's a great way to learn. Mm-hmm. That's how I've learned a lot of things. Um, now having a mentor is nice. Um, but a lot of times it's good just to be like, you know what? It just, that didn't work. Yeah. And I guess to get back to the question, like how do you avoid over planning execute imperfect action is better than none at all right because right. you sitting there overthinking over analyzing it's not getting anything done at the you, end of the you, day. you you have if you never walk up to the plate you will never hit the ball right it's impossible to hit the ball sitting on the bench it is it just can't be done um you know if angela was here he says well it's you know, the pitcher threw the ball at shoes while you're sitting I on the bench. <laughs> an example of like when we first started launching our online courses, what was the first course we did? It was the walk, the walk to walk. The walk. Yeah. And the, our mentor at the time, I'm grateful. I remember at the time I was complaining. I'm like, are you kidding me? She wants us to launch this thing in like five days. I'm like, I can't launch a course in five days. I was like freaking out. And the whole time she's just like, get it done. I don't care. You're launching it. You're going to start promoting it. You're going to put the course out there. You can go back and make it look pretty later on. She's like, but if you don't do this within five days, you're never going to get it done. Right. And she put so much pressure on us. And guess what? We fucking, we put it, we put it out. Right. We got it done in those five days. I had no idea what I was doing. It was brand new software, brand new website sale. I'd never built anything like it before. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going to figure it out Yeah. and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. And it launched. And then we launched a huge one right after. Yep. Our best one yet, our green to graduate, was the second one. Yep. And same thing. I was just like, all right, speed. Obviously, quality. It's an amazing course. But I was less afraid the second time because that first time, she just pushed. She put so much pressure on me. So then when it came time to do the new one, I was just like, mm. all right, let's do it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Execute. Execute. Okay. How would you recommend choosing and spending your days off as a trainer i don't know what your interests are i mean what do you want what like what is somebody like what is somebody right. like i mean 
you know, for Joel down in Florida, it's probably being at the beach, being in the sun, you know, um, you know, or doing something active. You know, I think I, you can spend it with family. You can spend it with friends. You can spend it, on, you know, on yourself. You know, I mean, it's okay to be selfish. Um, yeah, you need to uh, refuel and recharge yourself. Right. What's what do you get the most out of? What do you enjoy the most? I mean, a lot of people, what they do is, I give this example about, but it's like you know, any parent can probably relate to this. Is like, you know, taking your 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 kids to a theme park. It's like on vacation. It's like you need a freaking vacation after that vacation. Yep. You know, I mean, I think it's like that's not a vacation for a lot of people. Um, it's not a vacation for me, you know, two hour, three hour lines, you know, it's just not a vacation. Um, so I think it's, it's, it all depends on what do people um, like and what are their interests. And I think what would make them the most happy? What would make them the most happy? Some people like doing handyman stuff around the house. Some people like doing, you know, believe it or not, some people might be like, you know what? I like going to my part-time job. Yeah. It's a totally different, you know. Believe it or not, what do you do on those two days off? I work at this little tiny coffee shop and I really like it yeah. because I, I interact with people. The stress is less. Yeah. You know, it's like they might, you know, you never know. You, ne you never, you never know. Doing a hobby. There's the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit on that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see. What is one thing you wish you knew when you first started your dog training business? Um... Well, I don't wish anything changed, and I've had some pretty no, wish huge you knew. failures. But that's what people ask that if you can like change it. You know, but yeah. what did you wish you didn't happen or something? It's like, what? Well, um, nothing. I'm glad I didn't know as much as I know now, because that's how you learn. Mm. I really look. I I like to learn more organically by sometimes trial and error. I like to do that. Um, I mean, there's something to be said about, though, having somebody lay out, like, a, a game plan for you that has done it before. They've already made the mistakes. Well, that's like what we do in our mastermind. Right. We speed, we put everybody on the fast track to right. a successful dog training right. business. Right, right. So there's something to be said for that. But, you know, if you don't have a lot of money and you're trying to figure it out, what a great way to learn. So there's not one thing you wish you knew 20 years ago. I mean, I can't say like I, w I knew it was going to be difficult. I know, I know owning a business is difficult. I knew that it would have its ups and downs, the roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship. I knew I would be making family sacrifices I knew that I've got a big mouth and I'm transparent and I'm a tar I knew I'd be opening myself up for being a target yeah. for a lot of hate, but this is pre internet. So I probably didn't really realize how big it was going to be, mm. but I, I, I don't know if I can say I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> he wish he knew it was what an adventure it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I at that. You know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. It's like if you knew, then you wouldn't have learned all the things you've learned. Right. 
That's right. the whole point is figuring you know, out. There's, there's, a great, there's a great thing out there that, you know, um, what's the guy's name? Steve Harvey. There's a, there's a great thing that Steve Harvey talks about, and it has nothing to do if you're religious or not. He's very religious, though. And he goes, um, you should be asking God for everything. Mm. And you, you can ask God that I want to run, I want a successful business and God hears you and he will answer you, but he won't tell you when he will answer you and he don't, won't tell you where. And that's when faith kicks in, because if he told you we're in 2022 right now, if he told you that in 2025, you'll be, let's say a multimillionaire. You will go, oh, well, then I don't have to work hard right now. Mm-hmm. Just stop doing all the stuff that Just made stop you stop doing all the things. Well. So he goes, he's not going to tell you when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. But he did hear you and he will give it to you. Hmm. Love that. So I think that's sort of like important to talk about that there's something for well that's more based on faith but it's also for hard work so that you should never stop the hard work true story Hmm. going deep in this episode okay how does a trainer walker successfully start scaling their business you point to me like to me for Mm -hmm. to answer it Mm -hmm. um i think a great way in the beginning is you start putting out really helpful social media and you're going to hear us talk about social media a lot but it's if you're not taking advantage of it in today's society economy everything um you're missing a really big portion of the population who is willing to work with you more than likely Mm Um, I think it's really important if you want to start scaling your business, you have to start putting yourself out there. And that's the hard part for a lot of people is now you're opening yourself up to critique from the whole entire world. Uh, But that's the fun of it, right? Um, That's how you build your tribe. That's how you build no like and trust with your future clients. Mm. That's how you bring in like-minded people who want to work with you. Um, That's how you start filtering and pre-screening people who should not be working with you. Um, and that's how you make your business enjoyable as well. Right. Because you're attracting those people who are for you. You know, the great thing about social media is that it's organic growth. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for a paid ad. It's like advertise more. It's like, or put out more content mm-hmm. for free. You could always, you could always promote that content so yeah. it gets in front of more people's eyeballs. But I think the marketplace is pretty smart. They know the difference. Um, so I, I think also depends on what you mean by scale. I mean, right. some people are, you know, people have always asked us, you know, geez, are you ever going to open up more locations in like more areas, you know? And I'm like, I'm not interested in like, you know, building multi location businesses or franchising or anything like that. That's just not what I want to be doing. Um, so everyone's got a different idea of what scaling right. scaling is. But I mean, as far as growth, how do you grow your business? It's like, number one, you start, yeah, putting yourself out there more. And I think in the day and age of social media, you've got the opportunity to, 
you know, grow your own business. So for instance, I do a lot of business consulting. I do a lot of mentoring of young dog trainers and putting out a show like this is going to get people to know both of us. Joelle does a lot of social media consulting and she does, you know, we've, we're, we don't have the time right now, but we're, you know, possibly doing a social media, small scale social media company where we can help people with their, their, their social media. But right now, Joelle has hard enough time to keeping up with just with our, with our own stuff, Mm -hmm. but the knowledge is, the knowledge is there. So, I mean, but by doing a free show like this, that can help us in many, many ways. But we didn't get into this show going, let's do a free show to get more business. Yeah. We, the, 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 the catalyst behind this show is how many more people can we help? The catalyst behind everything I do is how many people can I help? Who can I help today? How many people can I help today for free with, yeah. no, with no obligation of anything in return? Yep. Yeah. All right. How do we turn thousands of views oh, into followers me. or even clients? Well, put out good stuff. Views really don't mean don't, like, don't really mean much. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily always mean they're going to convert into followers. Right. But if you have the eyeballs on you, that's a good thing. Now start making it more like you're speaking to them, to the audience. Really start right. to build that connection with them, put out the helpful stuff that's going to make them want to keep coming back for more. And that's how you start building the following is through the organic content. And are you bringing them value with the content? Right. Right. So most people want when they're scrolling social media, either something, some sort of value, either you make them laugh or you educate them or you teach them something they didn't know. Like there's always going to be value behind it. Right. So, um, you know, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk has got a great book, you know, jab, 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 right hook. And pretty much what it means is, you know, give, 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 and then ask. Yeah. And so this goes to give away lots of stuff, give away lots of stuff, give away lots of stuff. And then finally, ask, mm-hmm. ask for the sale, ask for the sign up, yep. ask to share your stuff. You know, I mean, it's like, but, but you should always go into things with, the, the mindset of who can I help? I love, I love, I just love that mindset of who can I help today? Yeah. And when you bring your audience enough value and they, you know, appreciate you and feel like they truly like know, like, and trust you when you do that, ask if they're going to be like, of course I'll buy from you. Right. Like, why wouldn't I, you've already helped me this much. I can only imagine what value you're going to bring with paid content. Now. Right. And that's right. the whole thing. It's like you just want to help these people so much that they can't imagine not buying from you. Right. Well, because they trust you Because now. they trust you. And they know you. So no like and trust. You, they know the quality of your work. And that's the way I look at things, especially with like we're newer in the online sales. We've only been doing this for like, what, seven months now or so? For online sales? Online. Yeah. yeah. And um, – that was a weird concept for me. It was actually it was charging really for information. For you, yeah. yeah. But the way we look at it is selling is helping. People like appreciate the, it. And we believe so much in our courses and we know they will change people's lives. It's like we're super proud of them. And we actually know that like what we're giving right. you will change your life for the better. And we know that in the long run, like, 
we can't imagine not selling it to you. Well, I think, like, yeah, you put up a great testimonial on our free platform today Yeah, from someone that actually bought the Green to Graduate. Mm -hmm. And she was, I think it was, she's on a horse, but I think it was another horse there. There were two horses. There's two horses there and two dogs. And her dog is a Norwegian elk hound. Yeah. And it's off leash. And she did a 6.5, you know, um, you know, kilometer. uh, uh, And if you don't know how to do your kilometers, just multiply by 0.6. Okay. 0.62. I was actually going to ask you that. 0.62 to be exact. Let's read my mind. Well, a 10K is 6.2 miles. So that's the best way to remember it, you know, Mm -hmm. 10K race, you know, 5K race is 3.1. So I think that, that, that she's like, I never thought five months ago that I'd ever be in that be able to do this with my dog. Yeah. And her dog was just, just hanging was out. casually romp, not Falling. even romping around, but just like it was being a dog in the outdoors, but under control, staying away from the horse. Yeah. And she had a level of trust that she's never thought she'd be able to have. And we got that. I mean, she probably could have gotten that from our free content. People do, but the green to graduate, which, is laid out though step by step. Yeah. So it's like to us that testimonial just goes to show that when someone puts the work in and has the right information, that they go to this woman beyond her dreams. Yeah. So to me that to me to me that's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bring value. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, leaving a safe and secure job to start your own business, how to get over waiting for the right quote unquote time. Right. There is no right time. No. There's never, never. a right time or right time is right now. The thing is, this is, is you don't know what tomorrow brings. No. You don't know what tomorrow brings. And I think that it's really, really important that folks understand that a lot of people put off things until it's either too late, the opportunity isn't there, mm-hmm. or life situations change that don't allow you to do those things anymore. A lot of times people make change when there's a negative thing in their life. Yeah. Why? Right. Why do we have to wait till something negative happens in our life to make dramatic change? Why can't we do it when it's just like, that's a great fucking idea. We're going to start executing on that. Well, it's the fear. It's always the fear. I think if, if people had a guarantee, yeah, it's like, if people had a guarantee, then they would go, well, of course I would. It's no different than this. It's I've, I've always asked this question of somebody, would you would you pay for a would you meet me for thirty minutes for lunch for five thousand dollars? You have to pay five thousand dollars for a thirty minute lunch with me. And now your average person would say, "Hell no." Mm-hmm. Well, I can talk to you about somebody who we had a business lunch together. Combination of lunch and consulting it was a thirty minute session. We actually didn't meet for lunch; we did it virtually. And in those thirty minutes, the advice that I gave this person. They increased their sales by a quarter million dollars that year. So now let me rephrase that question. Would you pay me $5,000 if I guaranteed you would increase your sales with $250,000 this year? Of course you would. Mm -hmm. 
So $5,000 for a 30 minute lunch is actually worth it. Mm-hmm. All depends. Right. So, but I think there's no guarantees in life. No. You know, what do they say other than death and taxes? Other than death. Yeah. yeah. Death. So, so, <laughs> so true. Right. So I think, uh, I think that it's, um, I think it's important that, that people understand that it's like, there's ways you to, only have the present. There's ways to do it. You know, some people might be like, well, don't do it foolhardy. So I was so burnt out from my past business that I was in for 20 years and it was a multi-million dollar business. I grew it from zero to multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. And I was so burnt out. And this is back when I got into dog training 20 years ago. And I said, if I can start making $500 a week training dogs, when you own a multi-million dollar business, you could be losing a lot of money, but I was doing very well for myself back then. I, I literally sort of walked away from it, closed down shop for $500 a week. Because I knew if I can generate $500 a week, I can build another multi-million dollar business. So, and here we are today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that there's a bunch of ways to do it, but most people over plan. Agreed. hundred percent. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. Hmm. A few more. Let's see. Business. Do I create offer a service or do I wait for there to be a demand? I can tell you a great story on that one. Let's hear it. So my, my previous business was in the adult industry for 20 years. I was in the adult industry. Um, this is pre internet. Mm-hmm. This is back when adult stores were all hush hush and you know it, the internet didn't wasn't around and it was it was very very taboo and um we were we were sort of trailblazers in the industry because we catered towards a female oriented audience we had workshops and classes so i used to go to overseas a lot to all the a lot of the trade shows because i did a lot of importing and I came across a couple of companies that did this really great, um, like fetish wear, like latex clothes. Um, like if anybody, I don't even know if Skin Two Magazine is still around. But I said, "Wow, this stuff is great." But I'm like, "Who in Providence is going to wear this? Where can they possibly wear this?" So then, I liked it a lot. I took their information, held on to it, and then I said, "This is what I'm going to do." I'm going to go to a local nightclub and I'm saying, I want to do a fetish night. So I, they said, well, the only night we have is Wednesday night for you. So I rented out the club for a set fee for Wednesday night, promoted it as fetish night. But the only way you can get in the door is by wearing fetish gear. And at a minimum, all black. So then what I did was, where do people get this fetish gear? So then I started importing all this fetish gear. So now people shopped at my shop for fetish gear. I was able to promote our night right directly from the shop. So that built business. And when people heard about the night, they're like, well, where do I get fetish gear? 
Oh, they go to the shop. Hmm. So I actually created a market where a market didn't exist. I actually sold things to people they didn't know they needed. But that is done all the time in a lot of industries. It is, yeah. Do we really need a microwave? Right. No, we don't. Because as an ex-hardcore backpacker, I had no microwave. Right. Okay? I had no microwave. So true. All right? So, I mean, so I think that it's like, and guess what? People did find pre-microwaves. In fact, we were the last microwave. My mom was the last holdout in the neighborhood to get a microwave, you know. Um, Why does that not surprise me? That is a color TV, you know what I mean? So there's Barb for you, you know. So she's like, you know, we don't need no stinking microwave. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so. So there you go. Do you create an offer or do you wait for there to be a demand? You create it. I think if you, this goes back to a lot of this stuff we've been saying, waiting for a demand. You're already too late. That means a lot of other people have already done it, have created the demand. Yeah. And they are the first ones and they're probably top of mind. Mm -hmm. So I think it's harder and riskier to create the demand and sort of like, Yep, I'm going to make something that people don't know they need. And I think the latest thing that I've seen was this thing you put on the back of your phone and you flip it open and it's sticky and then you can take your phone. So when it's closed, it doesn't stick. So it keeps it safe. But when you open it up, then you can stick it on a wall. Now you can stick your phone on the wall and it holds really, really well. And now you don't need a tripod anymore. Huh. So imagine this wall that I'm looking at. I can put the phone anywhere on that wall and there's my tripod. It doesn't damage the wall? No. It doesn't damage the wall at all. Interesting. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I think so, I might actually need that. So, but I'm just, <laughs> so I'm saying is like right, somebody, no somebody came up with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, technically, if anybody knows the story of sticky notes, that's an accident. You know what I mean? So that's an accident. 3M actually made an accident. It was an accident that they actually made that. And look, look, look what it turned into. So I think that you, you, that's what I, people that create ideas, mm-hmm. that that's what they do. Yeah. There's like, they'll, they'll, they'll come up with the idea and then they'll create, the, the, that will, then they'll be exactly. like, we're going to make a demand for this. Right. We're going to make a demand for this. Yep. Yeah. All right. Social media. Do I have to use reels? You don't have to, yours. but, but you're missing out on a huge, huge opportunity for growth. If you're not doing them, um, anytime I'll just give you this advice. Anytime a platform, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube comes out with a new feature, there's a reason, right? It's pushing it. The algorithm is pushing it. They want people in that space, playing with it, you know, creating with it doing everything with it. So we were doing reels. I was looking back at our page. We started doing them as soon as they came out. I remember we were actually in Turks and Caicos the first time we did a reel. Mm -hmm. And I was just like experimenting. I'm like, Jeff, I'm just going to like record a video of you and see what like this whole reels thing is all about. And we were making reels, educational ones before all this silly dancing and all that stuff was even a thing. Now we're getting more into the silly side because I'm finding, um, 
the comedy goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to get our message out there in a short amount of time. People's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Right. right. Um, and reels just but, reels just made, reels just went up to ninety seconds. Yeah. And there's a re- this is what people have to understand. It's like, well, I heard that people only watch them for seven seconds. It's like, yep. But there's a reason why Instagram. Do you really think Instagram would say, you know what? Even though our data says that people only watch them for seven seconds, let's offer start offering across our whole platform. 90 people that go to do 90 second reels. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why there's not you're able to do a 90 second reel right now. Yeah. There's a reason why. Mm-hmm. Why? It's because probably the data that they have, or going back to the last question, are they gonna start creating now a demand for longer format reels? Right. Because they want social media platforms want you to keep your eyeballs on their page. That's why Instagram does not like you to put links in your videos because they don't want you leaving the page. They will not show your, your stuff as much. So I think it's really, really important that people pay attention because these platforms are paying attention. Yeah, they are. They really are. They're already ahead of you. So you don't have to do reels, but I highly suggest you do. You can also monetize it. Um, Right now, you know, we were just invited. It's like invite only to become a, a creator where you can actually monetize the views on your reels. So again, it's like all passive income, all these things people don't think about. You're leaving money on the table. Hmm. And you're also leaving opportunities for people to find you. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, you can do A-B testing. We've done it. Put out the same video. Do one as an or- like a normal post and do one as a reel and see which one does better. Yeah, reels The reel is going to probably triple the amount of engagement and yeah. reach that you'll get. Um, so we like reels. I like them too because they're short, sweet, funny, and to the point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and you're resisting a longer one, but I'm saying there's a reason why. Yeah. And here's a great example. It's like Joelle's huge on reels, but she's like, I don't want to do 90 second reels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I do. Yeah. So we'll probably start doing why, because I feel that we can start changing up though. We can still keep our humorous ones, but also now we have 90 seconds of educational. Yeah, if, we're putting like our the podcast clips will be now going into reels. Right. But even just coming up with organic ones too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. How do you guys balance love, family, and business when there's discord and personal? Does it bleed over into business and vice versa? I mean, I think of course it does. I think it it does it does. I mean, leave your shit at the door. You know, I think is it's a good theory in, mm-hmm. in theory, but I think it can be very very difficult. I mean, it's it's uh, you know I'm pretty in touch with the staff. I can always tell that there's something wrong, even though they're not like talking about it. It's like you're different today. Um, I think that. Um, It takes really good communication. You need to become a very good, unless you're a solo person, but even if you're a solo person, if you're selling something to the marketplace, you need to be a good communicator. Yep. So you need to become a good communicator. And that's something that you can learn. You can actually learn how to become a good communicator. You can learn it through a private coach. You can learn it through reading books. You can learn it through like trial and error. And I think that, that like, look at us. I mean, we have literally learned how, when you would go on longer RV trips with me, mm-hmm. like we had to learn how to communicate, Yeah, you know, by, by sharing such a small space, 
You know, it's like because we had two separate spaces. You know, I had my space and you had your space. And then we, we but we were, you know, 24-7. It's not much of a space, though. It's right. Like, like you're still in an RV together. Right. Like, so there's no break from each other. Right. So I think it's important is like you have to learn how to deal with like every issue that comes up. Yeah. So it's like and we would. And, and and if it did, if we didn't, we had our fair share though. But we had our fair. <laughs> Take me to a gym. Me storming out of the RV to go work out right. or something because you pissed me off or right. vice versa. But then we, I think we were all we were also really good at reverse engineering yeah. that, and yeah. that's one thing that that at the beginning you were not. Mm-mm. You know, at the beginning you were not because, um, and why? Who knows why? Past past stuff. Past mm-hmm. stuff history a lot of people also like i was talking to my friend about this when she was here visiting like oh we aren't taught as a society how to properly communicate our emotions even from a young age we are not taught emotional intelligence no the few kids that are like it's great that your parents angelo angelo yeah Yeah. but like the majority of us no yeah what's one thing we can say about angelo is his emotional iq yeah is is sky Sky high. Yeah. Sky high. It is. If anybody's ever met Angelo before, they'll realize it's like, wow. Yeah. He really like is way above like probably probably your spouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's a pretty pretty incredible kid. So um, okay, last one. I think this is all of them. And well, just one more touch on that is is you know, you know, we this is a good opportunity for us to bring up it's like therapy. I was going to say that. Yeah. I thought you already did. Yeah. yeah no, th- but therapy. therapy, therapy, you know, absolutely. Pe- whether people, you know, pe- people going to therapy, people need to need to talk and more about the reason why therapy is hard because you have to talk about your feelings. That's another thing. If therapy is know how to communicate their feelings, yes. so this whole feedback loop yes. of learning yeah. how to actually say what's on your mind and to communicate it thoroughly concisely and clearly without blowing up on yeah your i mean if if, if, if if therapy is easy well then your therapist sucks yeah you know what i mean unless you've been going to therapy for a long long time and you've got a really good flow with your therapist you know maybe your therapist needs to raise the bar a little bit but or or you're just like you know the flow you know mm-hmm. you know the flow but at the beginning of course it's supposed it to be hard hard it's supposed to be hard yeah it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be really fucking hard well that's good so stick to that therapist, and and that's why a lot of people like will sometimes leave a therapist because it's too hard. Because it's like, well, that's why you should have stayed there. Yeah, that's why you should have stayed there. If you don't want yeah. to cancel that session, usually the day of, then something's not right. Yeah, I used to always want to skip therapy. Yeah, I remember that. I'm sick today. I can't go. Yeah. Okay. Is there a general formula, rule of thumb for increasing prices as booking demand rises? Yeah, do it. What's today? The first of June. June first, raise your prices. Okay. This will probably be out in a in a, in a week, so you can't have done it June first unless you like just thought about doing it June first. But today, I want you to go to your website and I want you to increase your prices. That's the formula, with no explanation why, you know, but. There are people out there that are booked so solid. You know, we've, we've got colleagues that are booked six months in advance and we're like, raise your prices. And they're like, we just did. We already did. Raise them again. And that, that's not taking advantage of anybody because we're in a free market society where nobody is being forced to go to you. 
Right. So there's a lot of whatever your industry is, there's a lot of those people around. There's a lot of restaurants around. Yeah. There's a lot of dentists. There's a lot of, you know, lawyers. There's a lot of, you know, but I think if 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 the demand is there, well then that's what the market is. Unless and we're not talking about like, you know, somebody shorting the market where they're holding stuff back to increase prices to take advantage. And we're not talking about if there's a natural disaster, like increasing the prices of bottled water because, well, there's a big demand for it now. We can raise the prices. I'm like, well, it was just a fucking national disaster and nobody can get clean water. Mm -hmm. And you've got access to all the clean water you'd ever need. Right. We're talking about like, that's where the whole kindness thing should probably kick in. And if anything, fucking give away free water make sure your logo is all over that damn bottle so people remember who's the one that gave away free water mm. so and a lot of people did a lot of the soda companies and, and that have all the bottling facilities have done that during national disasters so yeah. i think that that there's no perfect time to raise prices but if your demand is so big and it's organic demand it's like it's time to raise your prices yeah time to raise your prices any more that's it. So I hope this was helpful for a lot of people. You know, we went, you know, we went around and talked a lot about a lot of different things. Normally we talk about, you know, single topic items, but I think, you know, we'll throw these in every once in a while. Yes. Um, and we might even do a single topic business thing once in a while or a single, t- I mean, I'm still would love Joelle to do a whole thing on just social media or teaching everybody, you know, um, thinking about doing a social media course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or a social media podcast or one of these episodes. So, so if you want to write below in the questions, who thinks Joelle should do a, we should do a session on like literally one hour straight of Joelle talking about social media and how to do, you use different apps and how she comes up with her ideas, you know, let us know below if you want, you know, Joelle to take it over and I'll just ask her, I'll be the one that's asking her questions. All right. All right. Madly in love with you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we appreciate and love you. Bye.